When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Masters of Stone The Stunted People Adopted Children of Iluvatar Dwarves Short, gruff, and lovers of the earth and crafting, dwarves have been a mainstay in mythology and literature for many centuries. Ranging as far back as some of the earliest texts of Norse mythology, dwarves have shared many common traits, and of course J.R.R. Tolkien expanded on many of these concepts. Much like the video discussing elves, I will be omitting many names and small bits of history for the sake of comprehension. Unlike elves and men, dwarves are not created by the deity Eru Iluvatar at the beginning of creation. Instead, one of the Valar, the great smith known as Aule, created them. Aule grew impatient waiting for elves and men to awaken, and wishing to have someone to pass his knowledge to, he created a race of beings which would come to be known as the Dwarves. During the time Aule made the Dwarves, Melkor had already destroyed the two lamps, and many of his monsters roamed Arda. Because of this, Aule made his creation strong, unyielding, and unwilling to endure the domination of others. He also gave them a love of crafting, and of the earth itself, but as he did not know the precise nature of the children of Luvatar, Dwarves ended up short and stunted. As Aule lacked the capability to create true life like Eru can, the dwarves were incapable of independent thought, and only acted when Aule willed it. Aule began teaching the dwarves his crafts, as well as teaching them their own language, but Eru quickly approached Aule and chastised him for his actions. Aule repented, saying he only wished for beings with whom to teach and share the beauty of the world, but admitted his folly. As Aule raised his hammer to destroy his creations, they cowered in fear, for Eru had granted them life and spirit. Thus, they became the adopted children of Luvatar, and were laid to rest to awaken after the elves. There were thirteen dwarves originally, with six pairs awakening under mountain ranges across Middle-earth, and Durin the first awakening alone under the Misty Mountains. Durin wandered for some time before founding the great city of Khazad-dûm, later called Moria, as well as the clan of dwarves known as the Longbeards, also called Durin's Folk. The other fathers of dwarves also founded kingdoms and clans, but none were as great or central to the history of Middle-earth as that of Durin's Folk. The dwarves encountered elves, and a friendship quickly grew between the two peoples, both prospering from trade and cooperation. The dwarves were not brought to Valinor like the elves, but regardless helped in many battles against Morgoth and his armies. Dwarven warriors were especially helpful against the dragon Glaurum, as dwarves were much more resistant to fire, and such was their strength and ferocity that Glaurum was forced to flee. Later on, dwarven smiths crafted a grand necklace for the elves, containing gems from Valinor. It was said to be one of the greatest treasures of the land aside from the precious Silmarils. Eventually, a king of the elves asked the dwarves to place one of the Silmarils into the necklace, creating the most treasured item on Arda. The dwarves, enthralled by its beauty, 
demanded the necklace as payment for their work. The elf king refused and insulted the dwarves, so they slew him and stole the treasure. The dwarves returned to their people and told a much different tale, blaming the elves for the events, and convinced them to march against their city. The dwarves ransacked and destroyed one of the greatest elven cities of the First Age, and distrust and hate continued to brew between the two races. This mutual animosity would continue for many centuries, until Gimli the Dwarf and Legolas the Elf would form a bond of friendship during the War of the Ring. Not much is said of the dwarves during the Second Age, but Durin's folk and khazad continued to flourish, especially with trade amongst the nearby elves and men. They discovered Mithril as well, greatly increasing their wealth. During this time, seven rings of power were given to dwarf lords by Sauron, although Durin's folk state that Durin III's ring was given to him directly by the elven smiths. The rings did not corrupt the dwarves like it turned men into ringwraiths, possibly due to Aule making the dwarves more resistant to corruption, but it did increase their sense of greed. At the end of the Second Age, some of Durin's folk participated in the last alliance of elves and men in the battle against Sauron. The Third Age saw many rough times for dwarves, beginning with the dwarves of Khazad-dûm digging too deep and too greedily into the Misty Mountains, awakening a Balrog. The dwarves attempted to combat the Balrog, but after two of their kings were slain, they fled from the mountain. The kingdom became widely known as Moria, meaning Black Pit, and was a great blow to Durin's folk. Many of the dwarves went north to the Grey Mountains, but these kingdoms fell to the growing power of dragons. Eventually, another kingdom was founded at Erebor, known as the Kingdom Under the Mountain. For a couple hundred years, this kingdom flourished, digging up many riches, including a great jewel called the Arkenstone. Inevitably, a dragon attacked the kingdom, known as Smaug, and forced the dwarves to once again flee, leaving Durin's folk with very little. A short while after, the king of Durin's folk traveled back to Moria, where he was slain by an orc chieftain named Azog. Thus began a great war between the dwarves of all seven clans and the orcs. For six years the war raged, mostly in the tunnels and mines beneath the Misty Mountains, but in the end the dwarves finally won. Many dwarves died, especially in the final battle, but the orcs were even worse off. The king of Durin's folk wanted to reclaim the kingdom of khazad but the dwarves of the other clans refused to help. Thus, they moved to establish a new realm in the Blue Mountains. Years later, Gandalf the wizard assisted Thorin II in retaking the kingdom under the mountain, a series of events chronicled in the book The Hobbit. After the Battle of Five Armies, in which Thorin was killed, his cousin became the king under the mountain, returning Erebor to prosperity. The only other dwarf of true note during the Third Age is Gimli, son of Gloin, who was a member of the Fellowship of the Ring. His actions during the War of the Ring are chronicled in The Lord of the Rings, but afterwards he went on many travels with his friend Legolas. It is rumored that Gimli went with Legolas on a ship to Valinor, which would make him the first dwarf to ever do so. Durin VII eventually retook khazad returning it to its original splendor until the world grew old and the days of Durin's race ended. As mentioned, dwarves are hardier than other races, as well as stubborn, secretive, and proud. Known for their great craftsmanship, they usually lived underground, and thus did not often grow much of their own food. Instead, they would trade with elves and men, offering tools and weapons in exchange for food. 
They are capable of withstanding both hot and cold temperatures, and sickness was practically unknown to them. Dwarven lifespans shortened as time went on, and during the Third Age they lived on average for 250 years, although some dwarves were over 300. Contrary to some belief, there were female dwarves, although they rarely traveled. When they did, they were so alike in appearance to male dwarves that it was difficult for other races to tell them apart. Dwarves were inherently secretive, and even though they possessed their own language taught by Aule, very few non-dwarves knew of it, and dwarves did not even say their own names in their native tongue. Personally, I've always had a fascination with dwarves in fantasy fiction. Stubborn to a fault, dwarves are capable of being both incredibly compassionate and formidably ferocious. A proud people, a dwarf can make for an excellent drinking partner, as well as a tremendous ally on the battlefield. Although they may not have as expansive a history as the elves, or the legacy of men, dwarves remain one of the most endearing parts of Tolkien's works. <laughs>